Brad and Glenda Pius. Thank you so much for sewing into Morning Drive Bible. Without your commitment and support, this initiative couldn't come to fruition. Good morning from Jerusalem. My name is David Negrutman. My name is Scott Kahn. And welcome to Morning Drive Bible, Scott. David, thank you so much in our previous episode for allowing me to have access to the mic. Usually you're the guy who's doing most of the teaching, and I'm the one asking the questions or trying to, in these cases, unsuccessfully refute you. Last time you let me actually give a new idea, the idea that there must be a biblical precedent in addition to the Holy Spirit, to allow us to have something new in the Torah, a new holiday. You can't just determine something alone with the Holy Spirit. It has to be in conjunction with God's Word. Because we know, as you said, there's hierarchy of Scripture. The Torah, the five books of Moses, are considered a higher level of prophecy than the subsequent books in the prophets and the writings. So even if the book of Esther were written with the Holy Spirit, and even if that book as it does, says we should keep the holiday of Purim, that's not enough because Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2 says you can't add anything. We needed to have a biblical precedent, which we do indeed have, as we mentioned last time. Where do we see that the precedent that Esther established actualized in Jewish history after the biblical canon? By the way, you see what you're doing. First Esther needed its precedent, then Esther becomes the precedent for the next holiday. Correct. And that holiday is Hanukkah. Exactly. And Hanukkah is very unique because it takes place in a time when we were still under Greek rule during the Second Temple period. We didn't have sovereignty. We were in charge of our own lives. In fact, Greek culture was very much influential in shaping Judaism back then. There was a great relationship between the Greek government, the Greek empire, and Judaism. And for a while, everything seemed to be okay. Admittedly, the influence of Greek and Greek thought on Judaism has its negatives as well as its positives, but there still was temple worship, there was Judaism. Judaism, despite being under the hand of the Greeks, was by and large thriving until the Syrian Greeks, which was a subset of the Greek empire, took over and the king Antiochus decided to essentially abolish Judaism. He said that Jews could no longer perform circumcision, They couldn't keep the Sabbath. They couldn't celebrate the new moon. We couldn't even publicly read the Torah. He wanted to destroy Judaism, unlike Haman, who wanted to exterminate Jews. He was okay with Jews as long as they became Greeks. Yeah, it's almost Laban-like. Yeah. Most people won't get that reference, but we should clarify. Laban wanted Jacob to stay in his household. If you remember back in Genesis, he was very angry that Jacob just took off without saying goodbye to the family. He understood the blessings that Jacob brought into his house, and he didn't want him to leave. But if Jacob wouldn't have never left, he wouldn't become Israel. In essence, Laban wanted to assimilate Jacob into his household and not be who he was destined to be. He wanted Jacob to become an Aramean rather than become the father of the Jewish people. We actually mentioned this story on Passover evening in our liturgy called the Haggadah. We say there that while Pharaoh wanted to kill all the boys, Laban wanted to uproot everything. And in some way, that's somewhat parallel to the relationship between Purim and Hanukkah. Whereas Haman wanted to kill the Jews, the Syrian Greeks wanted to uproot Judaism as such that we all become assimilated Greeks and Jews simply wouldn't exist as a separate people. When that happened, 
Judah the Maccabee came along and changed the course of history. By fighting against this assimilationist tendency, not only among the Greeks, but among the many Jews themselves who wanted to assimilate, they welcomed some of these new decrees. They didn't want to be Jews. They wanted to be alive as Greeks. They wanted Israel to simply become a Greek province that had no special religion of its own. He was fighting not only the Syrians, but also his own countrymen who wanted Judaism to cease to exist. Without Judah the Maccabee, I think we will be still wearing togas. What do you think, Scott? I still wear a toga, so I'm not quite sure what you mean by that. (laughs) Ultimately, this war between Judah Maccabee and his soldiers and all those who had this assimilationist goal, the Syrian Greeks and the Jews themselves, this led to the holiday of Hanukkah, which had its precedent for celebrating divine hiddenness becoming manifest in Purim. This proves my point. Esther was the Steve Jobs of biblical history. And Purim was the iPad which eventually became the iPhone. So Hanukkah's an iPhone. Hanukkah's <laughs> an iPhone. That's great. I'm David the Kruppman. I'm Scott Kahn. Blessings from Jerusalem. <laughs>